I'm about to come. Yeah. Just maybe call up SEAL Team 5. Hello and welcome. We're back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the bar. Ball, easy for me to say. Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you for joining the show. Episode 323 of the program. Very stoked to have you in the mix. We love you guys. Uh, If you are not already, you can click the link on the episode notes of whatever podcasting platform you're listening to the show on. And you could subscribe to our premium content at redcircle.com. There's a link there. If you're listening on the website, it's pinned to the top of the website. A lot of people listen on the website. A lot of people are like, hey, because sometimes I'll put the show on the internet, which means it goes to every podcasting platform or app. I don't really know how to say words. I don't know what words mean. Um, but it doesn't, sometimes I don't, I don't have a chance to make an actual post on the website right away. And people will be like, Hey, where's the podcast? How come I'm not getting the podcast? It's cause they go to the actual website. Like they have it bookmarked on their phone or something. And they just know to go there every Wednesday, which is amazing. Um, so if, if you do listen via the website, theballerlifestyle.com, go ahead and click the link there and subscribe. The number is five, five dollars. If you give us $5 a month, you can hear all of our bonus content there. And uh, we are planning to record a show later this week that'll probably drop either on the weekend or first part of next week. So um, you're going to want, you're going to want to listen to that because it gets a little more, just a little more, you know, it's a little more raw, a little more rugged, a little more loose. So uh, check out the bonus content, redcircle.com. If you would like to send us an email, do so via the email address, mailbag at the baller lifestyle style.com um and of course we love it when people call and leave us voicemails we play them on the show often 949-464-TBLS8257 is the voicemail line um a lot going on in the world if you would like to share your thoughts or vent or just you know kind of Put yourself out there. We would love to hear from you. I am joined now by my man, Ed Daly. Ed, what's up, buddy? Hey, so today was the day after off and on working on my book for five years. Today was the day I was going to announce that it's ready to roll. It's all out there. Your book, Heroes and Jerks, available now on Mm Amazon.com. Yeah. So I think I told you last week that I was having some digital issues mostly has been straightened out, but still yeah, there's just some Amazon stuff. So the, um, the ebook is still on pre-order for another week or so. Yep. The paperback you can get right now. Oh, nice. Um, I honestly price these things as low as I possibly could. Sure. And you know, I said I was going to get, uh, paid more for the, the, the download. Paper, yep. The download. Yep. You had to know Bezos had a few, other plans in mind. He made it so my file size, the way you make big money on the Kindle is you write those 120 page horse vampire romance novels. Right. Yes. Yes. There's, I've read something about a chick that does, that does, I think they're vampire 
Yeah. Fuck no. It was, it's something more. It's like some. It might be horses. That yeah. Niche. This yeah. is a book. This is a real book. Yeah. And um, to keep it somewhat interesting on the uh, in the book, there's like a timeline with some just doodles that I like. I drew little pictures for every spot along the timeline through the book. So like little things like that, and the fact that it's 588 pages makes it a big enough file size. They're like, okay. You can keep 70% of the profits if you price your Kindle at like 20 something dollars. Otherwise you can, you can pay nothing for the file size, but then you get 35%. So essentially I make the same on a $10 Kindle or a $20 soft cover book. Yeah. And the soft cover book, I was told I had to price it at a minimum of nineteen dollars and eighty-two cents. Yeah. So I just made it nineteen ninety-five. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it would be ineligible to ever be printed outside of the Amazon universe. Couldn't oh go to bookstores. God. Could, couldn't go to libraries, stuff like that. So, look, I'm I'm being honest. I'm making like four bucks, no matter how you spend your money. Right. So if you want the physical book, um, that's kind of the way it is. Um. But I did get the author proof this weekend. I posted a picture. It's pretty cool getting it's really good. my my previous book was it was like a little tiny fun book. Sure. This thing is a monster. It's a big nine by six, nearly six hundred page book. Um substantial. It's pretty fun. I, I hope like you buy balls. it. I hope you like it. Yeah. And I hope you really uh find it in your heart to give it good reviews because there's going to be a certain group of the population. Cause I talk about the best and worst and nothing's really controversial until you get into recent years Yeah, and people, people can all agree Hitler's bad, but when you get to recent years. If I'm taking a stance one way or another, who's bad, there's going to be a group of the population um, that sees where I rank a certain part of um, society and they're going to crush it on Amazon. Oh, Hitler 2.0. <laughs> so the best One, possible, yeah. the best possible reviews would be great. Obviously you buy it. would be great. Um, Matthew, people- was, was he the one who emailed said he oh, liked yeah. an autograph copy? I will say for all of our listeners, yeah, you send me a picture of the fact you bought it. The most efficient way is not for me to, and I just don't want to go to the post office really, but yeah. I will send a sticker. That's what Jeff Perlman did to uh, me for the USFL book. It's called a book plate. Yeah. Book plate. I couldn't yep. think of the name of it. Mm-hmm. I will get that. I will sign and personalize any autograph copy and I will mail it to you. Just send me a uh, proof or a picture that you have the book and I will send you a book plate. That is, uh, yeah, I was going to, I actually have that. We can get to that. Um, when I read the emails, cause I included that in the email uh, section portion of the program. Ed, I don't think you have to worry because there's no way any of those people can read. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've seen so them. the reason why this is Tuesday we're recording the yeah. reason why I can't offer it to the, I mean, it's, it's out there. Like it's, it's for sale, yep. but I'm not going to advertise it for a few days to, even though today was supposed to be the day is cause America is just on fire. Sure. And, uh, you know, I think we need, we, I think the incident happened while we were recording last week. Oh, when the cops in Minneapolis murdered George Floyd. Is that the incident? And for some reason, three of the guys that haven't been arrested. Um, Hey, I'm just going to hang out and watch. 
Hey, you fucking kill that guy in the street. I'll just be right here. Why? Because we both have the same shirt on. Right. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll try to say our thoughts and make it quick. But uh, first, a little entertaining aspect. And I've been Brian and I texted about it. The Central Park chick, because we were discussing that racism. Oh, right. And I reheard the part. Amy Amy Cooper. I, yes, I did not want to give the NYPD a pass. I was trying. The point that I didn't make artfully was saying at least it happened in an area where there are some black people walking around that it's not so shocking. Like if this sure. birder tried to pull this off in a, you know, in a very conservative, deep uh, south type place, he'd be dead already. Um, but but the NYPD, I am not giving any passes. and. It it is just awful. And I'm getting I'm reading a lot of posts from people saying, yeah, but why did they have to loot? It's yeah. like, well, Kaepernick, your boy Kaepernick already tried this move. He tried the peaceful move and people lost their fucking minds. And sure. wh- what are you supposed to do? It's not it's not us who's, who's who gets to decide now. It's fucking, you know, they, people are allowed. I'm not on board with looting. No. But I get the anger that drives people sure. to that. Yeah. And you read other things like I read a, a from the Boston, uh, the spotlight people, the people who took down the, the Catholic Church. Yes. The average black citizen in Boston, their net worth is eight dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not not it's a misprint. Sure. Eight dollars. Yeah. So if you're wondering why people are angry, why they're stealing, it's it's not good. And I understand there are some black owned businesses that are getting run, run over this process. It's it's bad. But you have to understand people are pulling their hair out. This is not time to be like, OK, well, let's just get to the discussion tables again. They've, they've been trying it forever since Martin Luther King. Yeah, literally and, forever. And and we've got cell phones now. And the cameras are much better. And Rodney King was such a, a huge incident because it was like the first time somebody had a video yeah. camera out. Dude but now shot that, it from that across the street all the time. It just happens all the time. And yeah, and it's always some, on tape. And you saw good videos this weekend. Uh, I think a lot of people passed around the uh, sheriff from the Flint County, whatever that was. Awesome. Guy put down and you know had everybody put down their batons, took off their helmets, and he's like, "I want to give you guys a platform. I want to walk with you, make this a parade, not a you know a contentious thing." And you didn't see looting on that on that whole day, but you see NYPD guys flashing the white power symbol. You see cars driving to people. Sure. You see endless pictures of uh, tear gas and shields being smashed into people, and then things get out of hand. Like you. Well- the, the riots do don't start till the, the cops show up like everything. Everything's a peaceful protest until the cops show up or or. The bad actors, the agent provocateurs, the the oh, people yeah. that just want to start shit. And that's most of the people that you see looting and breaking windows. And I would, you know, who the fuck am I? I definitely think the, the looting aspect is it hurts the message. Who the fuck am I to say, you know, how to express your anger? This isn't happening in my community. Uh, but I do, I will say this. When I see him kicking in the door of a Whole Foods or a Target, I don't feel that bad. 
when I see it happen in a small business, I'm like, that's fucked up. You know, this is somebody in your community that probably it supports your cause that is, is out there providing goods to people that live near you. He probably lives, he or she probably lives around where you live. You know, it's like, if we could, let's le- at least if you're going to f- be fucking breaking windows, let's, let's, you know, it, the, the problem is, and this is, this is why I'm stupid. The problem is, is that it's, it's the bad actors that come in. It's the anarchists. It's the people with no ethos that come in and, and get this kind of stuff going. And, and I, I'll, I, saw, I will never be convinced that that's not the case. Yeah. And I saw plenty of video. I, I saw a video yeah. of, um, white people spray painting BLM on the facing property with BLM. Like there's a lot going on right now, Sure, but all I I have no fucking solutions. I've done not a good job of, of making uh, the world some great place, but I understand why people are, are at wit's end. Yeah. Like that's you, you can't just think that, taking a knee again. I mean, I, if I, if I were the, uh, the head of the NFL players union, I would tell every player take a knee. Oh yeah. And every, every single player take a knee. Yeah. It's, they thought the Kaepernick situation was so out of hand. They ran a fucking guy out of the league. And I know people can point to one year of shitty stats, Yeah, but you'd see the tomato cans that are getting signed. No, he's a guy that can play. There's no question. Of course. That. Yeah. And so it's just it's it's terrible. And there are certainly good cops. But the problem with those good cops is they never speak out. That's yeah, the and thin blue line. Culture, this whole culture. And I worked on Wall Street and Wall Street has a bad reputation and it's earned. Sure. And I wasn't a bad guy on Wall Street. But guess what? If you're part of that machine, fuck you yeah. like, then deal with it. And you try to weed out the shitty members that are giving you a bad reputation. Yeah. That, this is the fact that people just for years, they're like, well, those are some bad apples. But then the protesters, there are some bad apples that are looting and they're trying and they're trying to say, well, then these protests are invalid or something. You just want free shoes. It's like they don't have to account for their bad apples. It's fucking horseshit. And no, it's crazy. It's there's it, a couple of white guys in their 40s. Yeah. Like, hey, we we're just we're just uh, we don't know shit. I'm I'm just trying to. Uh, we're, it's the most major uh, topic right now, so we talk about those kind of things. But I you know I am empathetic and uh, I understand why people are screaming, and I hope they continue to scream. Being being a cop is a hard fucking job, and there's no one that can tell you any different. It is a fucking extremely stressful occupation it takes a special person absolutely but it's the ones it's the rank and file who are content to be defined by the worst amongst their ranks you are the problem you have to speak out against this when you see this happening or else everyone's gonna think you're that you're the what, pig. Why do you want that? Because because right. you're in the same union because of the thin blue line because everybody because you got to go out on calls with these guys. I mean, right. there's got to be a better way. People are fucking getting killed in the streets. It's horrendous. It's fucking 
This is the country that we live in. This is this is who we want to be. It's a it's disgusting and it's got to end today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else? So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, we started talking about the Central Park. So I have oh, I yeah. some Brian about this. I have a connection to right. sort of her. Right. She had this crazy uh, love affair with like the office nerd, the guy who was speaking of evil Wall Street. He was like one of the structures of those shitty CDOs that uh, caused the last recession. He was right. like one of these nerdy bond structures. Oh, no. The fucking credit default swaps. Yes. Oh, my God. What a piece of what he's in prison now. Right. Because of what oh, those guys did. They all went to prison. Right. He's, he's part of the machine. And oh. uh, yeah, they, they missed they missed prosecuting everyone hey, yeah those guys those guys tanked the economy and but because they did it and because yeah because because they got everybody kicked out of their homes and we had to bail out the banks i mean we didn't have to but the people in charge chose to yeah uh they, those guys all went to prison right because of what they but, did to us as people <laughs> so i sent brian a picture of the dude it's uh, mind-blowing he's a huge nerd he's a huge nerd and she's a nerd and uh, then there were other stories where he was refuting it. And she's like, it, 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 she was just trying to get me. Yeah, he it was part of a, a lawsuit, a frivolous lawsuit. But like he was tr- he was wrapped up in like three different women who were knocked up. And because he's this got money and it's just cash is king. And but I worked I sat like four feet away from this dude for for two years. Wow. Uh, and he, he was. One of the least interesting people I've ever been around. And yet Central Park Karen was in a torrid affair with that dude. Well, they look like they would be a couple. I mean, let's be honest. She looks like a huge nerd, too. Yeah. Having real gross sex. Yeah. Having lots of gross sex together. But anyway, I'm connected somehow to her. Yeah, get him on. Um, get him on the show. Let's interview him. Let's see if he <laughs> wants to talk about his lawsuit. Because I just read the headline. She claims he screwed her out of sixty five grand in their breakup. Yeah, and then he he said she's nuts. Which the best she part about nuts. all of this yeah. is he did have some sort of lawsuit settlement. And you know when she, you know when she went viral that first day. He's thinking, oh, no, when nobody is a celebrity yeah. here. Yeah. Those types of settlements happen. Yeah. You know, like I'll pay you off or, you know, I or will agree that this is over. But as soon as she became famous and everybody's like, who is this woman? Let's let's dig into her past. You know, that guy was shitting himself. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. But, you know, anyway. she got uh, we forgot about her quickly. Even though she, she was trying to get that birder, George Floyded out there in yep. the, or at least, right. you know. But now she just shifts into the Gary Condit territory right. after 11. Right. Gary Condit's <laughs> factually innocent though, right? <laughs> like, we know that. Uh, we can agree. Probably, but it was, <laughs> he was, he was in, he was involved. He, he was in some bad situation still he, you know, he was fu- he was fucking his intern that's he's fucking yes. his intern yeah. which if that happened today would have been a problem yeah. but yeah he was wrapped up in a whole and also there had been a few shark attacks the sharks were in the news too and then 9-11 happened oh there was oh right yeah so gary Condon and sharks really, really? benefited from from the twin towers dodge, going down. dodge a bullet absolutely <laughs> 
Um, I was, do you ever run into a situation where you're just completely stunned by what happened and the other person in the situation is, has, gives it no energy. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example because this happened to me today. Okay. Before, remember right before we got quarantined, I, I got on a plane. Here's what happened. Everybody's like, Hey. Oh yeah. You were in, you were in, uh, South Carolina. Yeah. I went to Hilton Head. So, uh, right before, right before I get on this plane, like the middle of March, people are like, Hey, coronavirus, a couple people have it. Be careful. I get on a plane. The plane lands at my destination. I get off the plane and they're like, all sports are canceled. No one can ever move anywhere again. It like happened in like four hours. <laughs> well, Tom Hanks got it. Right. And the NBA got it's, it. You were fine. Yes. Tom Hanks got it. And I had to watch his wife rap OPP. And uh-huh. yeah, I know it was hard. It was a hard watch. Um, so I was like stuck there, but I wasn't stuck there. I came home. That's not even the point. When I came home while I was on that trip, I had to wear a couple of suits. And okay. the next day I went and dropped them off at the local dry cleaner. And this is like, not like a mom and pop. I mean, it is a mom and pop, but it's like a bigger dry cleaner. You know, it's got, it's a good size. Right. Well, I had was driving home today and I'm like, you know what? I have left uh, those suits are still there. And you know, if you don't, if you leave them, eventually they'll call you. But if you leave them yeah. too long, I think they've just put them on eBay or something. So I'm like, I better go get those suits. And I never go to this place. It's not like my regular one. The reason I couldn't go there is because, or the reason I went to this one, normally I go to one near my office and I couldn't go to the one near my office because I was quarantined from my job because I'd been on a plane. So right. I was still, so I just went to this one nearby. So I walk in to get my suits today and I give it a little ticket and I'm like, Hey, I'm Brian. I'll take my suits and I go, actually, they're right there. And literally within arm's reach, the very first things hanging on the little carousel directly. You you were that you were the the, like number one on the rack whole position on like the on the carousel that goes around the whole building. You know, there's probably I mean. Ten. I've never, I've never no. been in that scenario where they didn't run it for at least 20 seconds. Yeah, it's just, there's probably 10,000 garments hanging on this thing. It was all she had to do was stick her arm out to the left and grab the very first thing hanging there. And it was my two suits. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. Isn't that crazy? And she's like, okay, so that'll be um, 39, 20. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's weird, right? It's just. I walked in. I never come in here. I I left these suits nine weeks ago and I walk in right now and out of the book, you've been running this carousel ever since those suits have been clean and they go around every single day. And I walk in right now and they're the first item on the carousel. What are the fucking odds? (laughs) Nothing. She just didn't care. She didn't think it was interesting at all. She was unimpressed and I get it. She's handing out clothes all fucking day. And maybe she's run into this exact thing where it's like maybe two or three away. I mean, she runs into this. Could it possibly happen once a year? Yeah. Not, and not, not even if she's doing this all the time. How often do you get the number one? That's crazy. Yeah, she honestly. didn't she didn't have to walk two steps. She didn't have to reach past a garment to grab my garments. It was the thing right directly next to her. It was an insane event. 
nothing. I know it's crazy. Um, and now, so now here's a, here's another good thing. Well, not a good thing, but obviously this, this, the whole, uh, murder blatant open extrajudicial murder of George Floyd is an awful, awful thing that we as a nation should vow will never happen again on our watch as civilized society. We cannot have this. We agree. But one thing it did do is it, it ended COVID virus, which is good. So now that that's over, I was wondering, I'm starting to think we talked about this before. I was going to a liquor store. Whenever time, every time I would go to a liquor store, I would, I'd get you know six pack of beer, bottle of wine, whatever, tequila, maybe a t shirt. I would always get a meat stick. There'd be that not, and I'm not talking about the individually wrapped Slim Jims. I'm talking about the bespoke bin of meat sticks you open you open it up i don't know this world yeah there's all different flavors of these meat sticks you open it up and you take the little tongs and you grab one out and it costs two dollars i don't know but they have they have them in every liquor store and i was like i was like these are dead now because the covid i'm never gonna have another meat stick it's just too disgusting but ed now that covid is officially over i can do I go back to meat sticks? I feel like I'm ready to enjoy another meat stick. I feel like I'm post COVID. And next time I go to a liquor store, do I dive in and get a meat stick? What do you think? Well, one never, ever get I, what unpackaged meat yeah, stick. You're loose. not sure who made them. Oh, good God. Never. Yeah. But I mean, that's worse than potluck dinners. Um, they're so good though. You can get a spicy one. They're so, uh, they're so greasy and delicious. Yeah, But I mean, who made them? Where do they, who knows? Who knows? Fucking dog. Who knows? Could be, could be dog. Um, could be anything. I, first of all, I mean, the, the, the double whammy here is I think there are going to be staggering COVID numbers. After it's all the over. Protests. I haven't heard one thing about it since yeah, because, people started writing we've got unrest yeah, yeah. but now people are going to get sick well and plus yeah. i just got the sweetest mask in the world today oh, yeah. i can't wait to rock it is it, is it wu-tang <laughs> did you get a wu-tang mask uh no i mean i did get because i purchased enough wu-tang things um over the years right. that i did get some pop-up ads for <laughs> wu-tang uh-huh. but no i didn't get that no i got something much better and I will post it when the time is appropriate. You could, uh, you know what? It would be a good idea. You could, because you're going to be promoting a book here pretty soon. Maybe you could make it your first ever Insta story. <laughs> I could have a shower right before bed. Or maybe take an Uber and get some roadhead on my Insta story. Don't be boring on my Instagram. Woo! <laughs> All right, don't tell. I'm not, of course tell. not. Of course Is not. Is that amazing? How does this exist? I, my buddy found found a. Uh, another product that this guy had made. This guy was so good. Is and then I looked throughout the website yeah. and I was like, "Oh, this is even better." Yeah, so I mean, who, good. Who 
I mean, it's just, it's beyond explanation. Like, Wu-Tang is fun, but it's not this. Um, no, it's not. No, this is, <laughs> this is much better. I feel like Crazy. you, yeah, I feel like you need to do a big unveil at some point on your yeah, Instagram. I will, yeah. I will but that's yeah. why I'm, I'm looking forward to walking around in this for probably the rest of 2020. You know what I do when I, what I'll do when I see the post of you in your new mask, I'll share it to my Insta story. There you go. You can do that. <laughs> um, we don't have any voicemail this week, which yeah. I think I feel like I might have like burned, not burned people out, but bummed people out because I did it on the I did the voicemails on our last um, what do you call it? It's premium show. So maybe oh, I won't oh. do it. Maybe, uh, maybe I, I'll promise cause not everybody subscribes and you want people, you know, people write That's in fair. and call in and they want to hear their shit on the show. And so right. I won't do, we just had so many to get to that. I thought it was a good idea to do it then, but I'll, I'll, I'll promise the audience that I won't do their voicemails and emails on the premium show, but let's, let's knock out a cut. We do have some email here. Uh, this, this is the one you referenced earlier. I would like to buy a copy of Ed's book. Of course, he's talking about heroes and jerks available now on amazon.com. Heroes and jerks.com. Heroes and jerks.com. Go on there, click a button and it'll take you to the page. Follow the heroes and jerks. Um, Instagram page. Oh yeah, I put a hero and jerk of the day. It's great. It's great. It's because it's you're learning. You know, like I don't know this shit. I don't know a lot of this shit. It's very. Today it's, was a good one. Yeah, it's very informative. Today is the anniversary of the premiere of The Wire. I mean, come on, what's better than that? Amazing. I saw you did one a few days ago about um, uh, Henry Kissinger, who's a war criminal. He's, he's one a of the, horrible, horrible person, he's, and he's still fucking alive. He's one of the all-time pieces of shit in the Awful. history of this country, and he's been normalized. He just shows up, and everybody's like, "Hey, it's Henry Kissinger. Right. This they guy massacred Cambodians." He, they ask his opinion. Yeah, he's fucking that guy can't die soon enough. And what's the deal with the accent? Right, because he's from here. I've I've seen pictures and videos. Of him like 70 years ago yeah. in America. Right. That accent. The accent. What's, are we, like, it's bad enough that we have people in our government with Southern accents. That's a major concern. But also, Boston accents, there's a lot of accents we don't need. But this guy sounds like a, a full-on foreigner. Like, we, we can't have that. This is America. We have Americans. He was, he was born... He's like German well, he or something, right? Yeah, he was born in the Weimar Republic, but I think he moved yes. to, he arrived in, he arrived in, yeah, he, he studied, he, he went to Harvard, he's, yes. he's been here since, he's been here s since 1946. Yes. You, you can't talk like that if you've been here since. Wait. <laughs> You've been here for 74 years, buddy. Exactly. You can't have that thick of an accent. No, I agree. I totally agree with you. And see, the German one's a tough one to shake, I know. So, um, you know what the opposite of that? What? When I studied abroad, and I was there from January until May. Yeah, you started talking oh, like Madonna. No, no, not yeah. me. Oh. But a couple of kids on the trip yeah. started like rocking some sort of British accent to words. It's like, it, that's not how accents work. You can't 
develop an accent in a semester, you fucking idiot. It's weird though with people that do have accents. I have a buddy who's uh Irish mm-hmm. and he's lived here. He's like 50 or he's in his fifties. Um, he's lived here since he was like 11 or 12. And so you talk to him and he does not have an Irish accent, but if he starts talking to an Irish person, it comes back. He starts speaking with an Irish accent to that person. And then he comes back and you're like, Whoa, what was up with that? And he's like, what are you talking about? What? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, did I? Uh, I didn't notice. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, okay. Michelle's dad was 33 when he came over here. Yeah. So we always kind of had an accent. In Turkey. When, because you, you, you're an adult in a different right. uh, language. That's different. Yeah. You've lo- you, it's locked in. Um, I would like to buy a copy of Ed's book. Curious if I could get an autograph copy. I would, of course, pay shipping. If not, I'll buy one online. Thanks for all the laughs, guys. That's from Matthew Richards. Well, we, we've determined that. Buy, buy Ed's book. Take a picture of the actual book. Send it to him. You can, you can. Send me your info. Yeah, hit him up on Twitter. Just be like, here I am. Um, and he will send you a signed book play. And he'll, um, he'll, what do you call that? He'll like personalize it. He'll write yeah, something funny on there. He always does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another email. Love you guys. I oh, love you too, buddy. Team every episode. That's a great one. I live in West Texas and always nodded in agreement when you talk about no matter where you live, there's a better local option for pizza than the I hate myself trio of Hut, <laughs> Papa, Domino's. Because even out here, you're absolutely correct. Ed, Ed, quickly, before I continue, F, Mary, kill, hut, Papa, Domino's, go. Of course, you got to murder Papa John. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Schnatter. And then then Domino's versus hut. I think I I think I marry hut. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel great about it, but I feel great about murdering a Papa John. Um, yeah, but it's, it's the pizza. So I would say, and all those honestly haven't had, um, my kids like the Papa John's does like, I don't know, something that my kids like. So Michelle will sometimes get it. Um, so that's the only one of the three that I've had sometimes in the last quarter century. I mean, since college. So the last 20 years, Uh, so I've not had Domino's or pizza. Me either. But of those three, actually, check that. My kid at one at a, a little league thing, they got Domino's pizza, and one of the moms is like, "I don't care what anybody says, I just love Domino's pizza." And she brought all these Domino's. Pizza. And oh, actually, I was at a party not that long ago, and it was one of these big baller parties that was catered and shit was going on. There was famous people there. It was crazy. And then later in the night, when you know, like lots of people were like, their jaws were like, and I was just standing there smoking a cigar, looking at like not. Ha- not having anybody talk to a bunch of pizzas got delivered and I did eat a couple slices and it was Domino's and it was fucking horrible. So here's the, here's my ranking. I would, I would marry Papa, Papa John's, not him, the pie, the pizza, a Schnatter's not allowed near my residence. (laughs) Plus he's got that bunker down in Louisville. Deezus and Mero did a whole segment. Papa John like showed you into his home. 
Yeah. And they just crushed him for like five minutes. I'm sure it's it's on the internet somewhere. Oh, watch it. Yeah. It's great. He's wearing like acid wash jeans. Cool. Shirt, red shirt yep. tucked into it. Of course, red shirt. Yep. He, he's he's a mess. Do, but doesn't he have like big like a like big statues or like there's something yes. there's massive yes. something yeah, right in carvings. The yeah, right yes. directly in the in the entryway. Um okay. I would I would marry Papa. I would kill Domino and I'd fuck the hut. Uh, however, I feel like the same principle applies to coffee shops. And that's why I was horrified to hear Brian as a Starbucks man. Fellas, if there's a better local pizza joint, I promise you there's a better local coffee shop. <laughs> and Brian, if you're going to order a peppermint bullshit whatever for your friend, <laughs> that's worth at least a buck tip. Maybe even a saw buck just for the shame factor. <laughs> Love y'all. That's from Chris. Well, Chris. Chris, that's great. It's great. I, you know, I have no opinion on coffee, but yes. it is crazy. I mean, Hoboken's got a million storefronts. I, they're in in one square mile. There might be five Starbucks here. Yep, that's the problem. And Chris is right. I given the option, I will go. I, I think Starbucks is horrible. They they over roast their coffee. It's tastes burnt. It's shitty. But for the most part, they're the only game in town. Ed, there's just no. I don't have options. I got. You know, I got to get up. I got to get to work. I need a place I can pop in. And these Starbucks, they're all fucking drive through. The other thing is they get you on the app and they get you on the loyalty because I don't like to brag. But I think I got like eleven hundred Starbucks rewards points going right now. Are these like Marlboro miles? Are you going to yeah. get like a Starbucks? Starbucks well, no, you get, you get shit for free. You get, you go in and you go, Hey, give me that. And one, a long time ago, a Starbucks employee was like, Hey, Brian, what are you doing? Getting drinks with those points only use them for food. So if I go in, sometimes I get a little peckish and they have like a little salami and cheese thing there. I'll get that. And it's, it's like $9, but I'll use my points and it's only like a couple hundred points. But Chris, you're absolutely right. I should be shamed, but I don't, I just don't know where to go. There really aren't that many options of where to go other than Starbucks, which bums me out. I would like to, I'm, I'm team small business. I support my, my local people when I can, but when, when I don't have the option, I just don't have the option. And you're but right. It is crazy back to the, the yes. just a quick recap of the pizza discussion. Sure. Pizza, it's not that complicated. No, it isn't. Every, every town in America could, could have a good pizza place. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. You gotta, it's weird yeah. that you get into situations where people are like, well, there's no other place. I mean, then, then that means you're supposed to open the pizza place. Well, also these mouth breathers are like, they, it's a known commodity. You know, they don't want to try. They don't want to go outside of their fucking tiny little brain, their little comfort zone where they're like, I know what Domino's tastes like. Yeah, it sucks, but I know it. It's the devil, you know, versus going outside and maybe just getting a little different flavor to touch their tongue. You know, but it might can freak you them imagine out. A, you can you imagine a town that doesn't have a non-chain no. uh 
pizza place no. and a pizza place in town opens. Oh yeah. The places, Stop unless you it. serve fecal pizza. Well, easy, easy, Ed. <laughs> Jesus. This isn't that kind of show. A dolomite to, was calling you're going in. To be, you're going to be rolling in dough. Everybody would love that. I would agree. I would agree. Especially if you have like some type, if you get a liquor license and you have some type of craft uh-huh. beer option in addition, because a lot of times I'll be like, Hey kids, um, I'm going to order a pizza. And now you can't do this now because everything's closed and we're all wearing masks right. and there's, there's the vid on everything. But I'll, yeah. I would go, Hey kids, I'm going to get the pizza. And they're like, Oh, you're going to call it in. You're going to go on the app. And I'll go, I go, no, I'll just go there and order it. Cause then I go there and order it and I get a big old schooner IPA yeah, yeah, and I yeah, yeah. sip on that cold beer. And I look at my phone and I forget the world. And but now you can't do that. I mean, eventually, right. eventually be able to again. Okay. One more email. Ballers. If you could land any celebrity interview on your podcast, who would it be? My guess would be Guy Fieri or perhaps Tekashi 69 Please discuss in tremendous detail. Okay, that's the first part of this that's guy's good, email. That's a, it's a good great question. question. It's a great and question. I haven't, I haven't thought about it's it. Tough. Because like, I love Bill Murray, sure. but he's one of those guys that he brought his A game to Letterman yep. and he, he'll bring his A game to some random wedding. Yep. And then he'll shit on everybody else. But I think he would be kind of rough on our whole setup. Um, I don't. Would Johnny Knoxville be like kind of a fun? Sure. Yeah. Like he's always kind of fun and happy. Great guy. Hilarious. Good Instagram follow. I follow him on Instagram. He finds a lot of dong related material, which is always great. He's great. He's great. He's let his hair. He was dying the hair, and with the vid, he's let it go. Great guys, you look better. Yeah, he looks handsome. He's he's a handsome dude. Salt and pepper. Yeah, you guys ever heard of George Clooney? I, but I feel like somebody like Johnny Knoxville would just be fun no matter what's yeah. going on. Good hang, good combo. Yeah, um, I don't like. I feel like I'm bugging people, so I want to go to like my main, like the guys that I'm just are heroes to me, like John McEnroe. Right. He's a treasure, but also yeah. he. he he might be a little prickly. Yeah, he could be. He could be. The thing is, you got to get these guys going on not talking about themselves. You got to start off on some common ground. You know, there's a lot of musicians like Neil Young is very prickly. But maybe right. if you got him talking about something he was interested in, he'd be better. Um, I don't I feel like I'm bothering everybody. I wouldn't want to bother anybody. That's why we don't have you that know, many guests. But you know, it's cool. I mean, he's he's a. Uh, a legend, our friend Eli Braden. He's great. When he comes on the show, he's so fucking nice. He's a nice he's guy. He's the nicest guy. He's a nice guy. He did a great job on the uh, on the TV theme song. And by the way, we did. by the way, I uh, I was just kind of fucking around, and I found there is uh, like a whole other bracket that oh, is almost no overlaps of the shows. Oh, shit. So like. In a few months, we could do a, an entirely new yeah. one. Yep. There's there's so many songs we didn't get to. Let's curate. Let's curate that list. Yeah. It, we, there's a ton. We could play off to go against to see if they can overtake the champion of the first bracket, Dukes of Hazard. 
There you go. Mm. Uh, he, he continues in this email. Uh, and also, I feel like we didn't really answer that question. I would love to have Guy Fieri on here. Yeah, I mean, Guy would be great. Takashi 69 I couldn't, because no, he'd be, he's a, I don't, he's a piece of shit. I've seen him interviewed, and I don't, like, he's kind of like Henry Kissinger. I'm pretty sure he's speaking English, but I'm not, I can't really get it. I know he's from here. And he's a piece of garbage. Right. Somebody was telling me, <laughs> It might have been my son. He's like, well, he's because this Takashi six nine and he is hiding out. And I think in, he's in Florida and he's mostly gets doxxed by his his neighbors. <laughs> his neighbors keep outing him. He keeps having to move. That's great. Because they got Takashi six nine living next door. And somebody was like, why don't we just have him go back to Puerto Rico? And I'm like, he's not from Puerto Rico. He's <laughs> he's just happens to be Puerto Rican. He probably doesn't know anybody in Puerto Rico. He's from the Bronx or something. Like, I don't think that works. That's not how it works. Um, in episode 321, thank you for praising my idea to award the loudest comer at the end of your movie review. Yeah, we forgot for the last movie. Thank you. I remember that as soon as we got as soon as we finished know, the like, show. I was like wrapping up, like closing my laptop, and I was yeah. like, we forgot to do the one thing. Yeah. What movie was that? Commando. Thank you for immediately transitioning into your review of Commando and promptly forgetting to review. Oh, yeah. What movie is it talking about? I don't remember. Well, Commando, I can tell you, Commando, the loudest comer is the uh, the Australian dude. Bennett. Bennett. Bennett's the loudest sure. comer. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can call that. I'm, I'm going to see if I can recall. I have notes here for every episode. This was the one before Commando. I'm going to see if I can recall his original question here i don't know 322 Ooh, maybe not see because on the movie ones i don't really make i make just handwritten notes so i might not hold on hold on i might have it here in the email i can oh my god i've been signed out of the email just hold just hold your horses okay just sit tight and i'm gonna make this happen for you um or maybe not here we go email i mean you could have put it in the actual email toe cutter if you really wanted us to answer you could have reminded us because it's we're doing so much funny shit here that it's hard for us to recall stuff we talked about previously so he did the caddyshack bet just looking through the old emails from toe cutter here man um dailies oh yeah you guys didn't like that one so you're at a hotel yeah mm -mm -mm -mm. oh who do you think is actually the oh wait wait also we, did, we discussed who's yeah, the loudest right, right, right. i thought kanye would put a yes a we talked about by, that uh, yeah auto tune yeah auto tune it yep also all your movie reviews have been excellent at the end of each review Please do not forget to discuss who you guys think is the loudest comer in the movie. Okay, so we'll do that. We're doing a movie today, so we could do that for today. But for Commando, definitely got to go with. Who's that loud comer? Coming all over. Disgusting, the song. Stunned it wasn't written by Dolomite. Um. I'm, Bennett seems like an obvious choice. He wears chain mail. 
He's Aussie. He's very brash. He looks like Freddie Mercury. He's got a bone to pick. I, I think yeah. Schwarzenegger is not quite like no. him and Bana probably yeah. was a little noisy. Right. <laughs> but yeah. not not Bennett level. Bennett's loud, but I'm going to I'm going to go off the board with the with the loudest comer in commando. I'm going to go Sully. The little guy. He's little. He's from, from the Warriors. Yeah, he's little. He's five two. Yeah, he does. See, I think he's going to he's going to do it like the Warriors thing. He's going to be like. I'm about to come. Yes, like yes, yes. I think he's going to go quiet. He could, he could do that. But <laughs> he's, you. what do we know about these little guys? You know, like Napoleon. Right. Billy Barty. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Barty. Well, do we know anything about his? Uh, Hervé Villachez. These guys are big. Oh, what about oh, Burn Troyer? Yeah, Villachez. He was the... Uh, he fucked. But he was the, uh, what do you call it? The henchman for in The Man with the Golden Gun. I watched that yeah. movie with my son. Yeah. And at the end, my, my son even got a little uncomfortable. He's like, wait a second. <laughs> the end, James Bond captures him. He's like, Charging at him with a knife, and James Bond just swallows him up with a suitcase, and then yeah. they hang him on a, on the end of the boat. And he's like, "This is this is kind of feels weird." You can't do it's that like, these days. Yeah, it, it, the ending it's pretty entertaining, but yeah. it kind of made everybody in the real one comfortable. We're just not doing that anymore. We can't do. We can't. Um, be, we can't be. Sizes. He's, he's attacking him with a knife, and he's yeah. like, "All right, I'm just gonna get a suitcase and just close him up in there." Well, James Bond is a bad motherfucker, so it wouldn't surprise me that he had that ability. I always go when somebody real little like that is attacking me. I always go with the standard flick where you just take your your middle finger against your thumb and then you flick them like right in the forehead or on the bridge of the nose and they just go right away. Um, Sully's the loudest comer. He's real over the top. He drives a Porsche. He's uh, he wants to fuck real bad. He's trying to he's trying to get it in with Radon Chong. Instantly rapey. Super rapey. He smokes cigarettes. My man, Sully, is an extremely loud comer. I like Sully to be the loud comer in Commando or Ray Don Chong, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, also, speaking of Tubi, <laughs> I need more Jay Stew in my life and on your we podcast, are. please. Keep up the hero's work that you guys do outro <laughs> that's from toe cutter <laughs> hashtag blue square contributor hashtag loud oh toe cutter's an admitted loud cover oh <laughs> uh, that's amazing toe cutter's a great dude yeah he's a funny guy okay we're t we're um we're doing a movie today this movie came out in 1996 it was a big hit you guys all know it let me play the trailer Rains a lot in San Francisco. This is FBI Director Womack. You have a very serious problem. Speaking of short guys, Ed Harris. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed to deliver a highly lethal strike on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. I want to know who I'm talking to. This is Brigadier General Francis X. Hummel, United States Marine Corps from Alcatraz. Out. 
Out! All right. We are dealing with one smart son of a bitch. Who is your best chemical biological man? We need first-hand intelligence in the tunnel systems. Alcatraz has been ripped up and rebuilt for years. Under there is a maze of shit. There is someone who I think can help us. His name is John Mason, a British national incarcerated on Alcatraz in 1962, escaped in 63. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Hostage. Pre-Patriot Act, by the way. We could lock people up without trial back then? It's become a tourist attraction. In the Michael Bay universe. Right. All, All bets are off. They put some money into this one. I mean, not um, not into the script. I'm gonna or the performances. Uh, so, well, hang on a second. Oh. I will say this. Yeah. Just like with Armageddon. Yeah. I think with uh, Billy Bob and Armageddon. I think Ed Harris. Well, he's amazing. Come on. He acts his dick off, even though he knows this is a paycheck movie. He kind of hams it up a little bit, but yes, I kind of agree. And, and pretty fucking good. And look, and look. I'm watching this movie. Hold on. It's one of the most deadly substances the Earth has ever known. So what do you see? You can be some friggin' flag. Streets of San Francisco. F-16s. Ferraris. It's all. They got it all. It's pretty fucking small. Yeah. Like, the, here's the thing about Nick, Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. He's... Uh, he's uh, just crazy over the top maniac, but the guy is a good fucking actor. And he, <laughs> even when he's like screaming and like talking about buttholes and stuff, like he's still like pretty good. Like you, you have to watch him. He's charismatic. He's, he's hard to look away from. He, he, he's hard to look away from in lots of movies, but he actually is kind of built to be playing a nerdy right. scientist. <laughs> Right. Like when right. he bulks up and he's doing the Southern draw yeah. for Con Air, it's absurd because he's not a badass kind of speaker no. in the way he carries himself. But here he, he kind of is a nerdy, annoying scientist. Yeah, I am. Um, and speaking of Ed Harris, I was watching Glengarry Glenn Ross the other night, which oh is so fucking good. Like these guys, this, the dialogue, the way these guys talk is amazing. Everyone's so little in this movie, but I had to do, I had to quickly do a. What's his age? I can't explain. He was young, that's when he did that thing. Still alive, and I don't know why. How old is this fucking guy? I was watching it and as I was watching, I was like showing it to my son because he's like into movies and stuff. And I was like, you, yeah. you know, these performances, these guys are great. And I go, and every guy you're looking at on the screen in this movie is a legend. He's a legend, but with the exception of Alan Arkin and or yeah, Alan Arkin and uh and Jack Lemon, everybody you're looking at the screen on the screen right now is much younger than I am right now. And he's like, What? And so I had to Google. Oh, I thought I thought you were saying everyone's a legend except for Jack Lemmon oh, no. and Alan Arkin. No, what? The, the, those are guys are great. So I had to Google. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, I think, came out in like 89 or 90. 
Okay. Ed Harris. Ed Harris has been the same age. So I will say like up until even just a couple years ago, Ed Harris looked about the same age as he did in Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah. 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 He was 42 years old in that movie. So, so this one, he's in his late forties. Yeah. He would be like almost um, because this is 96. He's pretty good. I, I think he looks okay for that. Right. He did. Well, he didn't age, he you know, he like, he, yeah, he went bald and then around like 35 years old, he stopped age. You know, when he was 35, he looked 55 and then he always just looked 55 for the rest of time. Right. Also in that movie, uh, Alec Baldwin was this one amazing scene. He's 34 years old in that movie. Does he look old then? I can't. Well, he just, he's very much a man. You know, he looks like he's about 48. Right. You know, because he's always been a man. Uh, But we're talking about The Rock, 1996. This is uh, Michael Bay, Don Simpson, mega. I thought Don Simpson was dead. He died during the uh, filming. And was this the in loving memory? Right. He died while they were making the movie and they tried to keep it because he wasn't obviously he wasn't there. They tried to keep it from Michael Bay for a while. But at some point, uh, Nicolas Cage let it slip. Hey, oh, by the way, your your producing partner died. Um, I think this is he. Uh, Michael Bay did this. This is a big hit. Michael Bay did this just right before Armageddon. I think it was like a back-to-back situation. The Rock followed by uh, Armageddon. Yeah, followed by a movie I have yet to see. Pearl Harbor. I saw it. I remember it did, like it, it was... Uh, like much, much worse than the movie, the Bay movies we've done. Oh, really? Yeah. Like uh, that. I don't think we ever need to review. Wow, he did a lot of music videos. He started in Bay? music. Yeah. Uh, Great White, Young MC, Donny Osmond. Um, but yeah, he did. He did The Rock followed by Armageddon. Followed by Pearl Harbor, followed by Bad Boys 2, something called The Island, and then all the Transformers. I mean, this dude is a just mega, mega successful guy, and he has not made a single good movie in his life. Uh, who Who's in this thing? Nicolas Cage? Uh, so you, you have, I mean, Vanessa Marcel. How do you think she got this job? Because she was in, so she's in. Well, General Hospital. General Hospital. I think she was already established at that point. So yeah, she but was not in a, movies. No, but she gets this job because they're looking for an actress that's very good looking that fits an eight. She, I looked her up. She's twenty eight in this movie. Yeah, yeah. She's she got the lip liner. She looks very uh, of a time. Yeah, uh, um, but I mean, some great. How about Philip Baker Hall in this movie? Amazing. Bokeem Woodbine. Bokeem Woodbine in that season. Was that the last season of Fargo? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And also that was Fargo. Talk about it's like the opposite of how fucking old is this guy? This Bokeem Woodbine, he does Fargo like 20 years more than 
20 years, 25 years after The Rock, he looks same age. He does. Uh, how about uh, well, uh, the, the father of John Connor? Um, wait. Michael Bean. Oh, Michael Bean. Bean. Yeah, he plays the same character in every movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's some legendary actor. He's, I'm just trying to think of guys who are in it. I'm saying uh, he is a legendary actor. Yeah, he's in, he he's in the Abyss. He's in fucking Terminator. He's in Aliens. He's in The Rock, and it's he's always the same guy. He's a Navy SEAL or a Marine or something, and he's got a fucking gun, and he's losing it a little bit. Yeah, he's the, great. Um, the guy who was uh, it was the guy from L.A. Law, Womack. He's been yeah. in a bunch of shit. Yeah, John Spencer. He smokes a lot of cigarettes. I imagine. Oh, yeah. he, I imagine. He sounds like a guy who loves to see eaters. I imagine he's no longer with us. Yep. Yep. Ooh. How fucking old is this Ed? How fucking old is this guy? Womack, John Spencer, in when he was in The Rock. Would you say 95? 96. So, yeah. 96. Would have been shot in 95. Sixty. I would say sixty-four in that movie. Yeah, forty-nine. Born December twentieth, nineteen forty-six. Oh my god! We lost him at only fifty-eight years old back in two thousand five. R.I.P. John Spencer. Man, you know who's in this? Who's a real actor? David Morse. Who's David Morse? Who also plays kind of the same guy. He. I mean. Yeah. He's never like a lovable, right? Fatherly type. He's always a prickly character, but also like what a good. There's like always like something happening a little behind the scenes. Wasn't was he in the Green Mile? Yes, I I believe so. He's he's in. He's one of those guys. If you don't know his name, if you saw, if you Googled right now, David Morris, you'd be like, oh yeah, that guy. He's in everything. He's, there's ne- there's never been anything made in Hollywood that didn't feature David Morse because he's in everything. Um, but, it, you know, these, this was a paycheck movie. The one guy from uh, uh, Deuce Bigelow. Yes. Uh, the guy, the guy he's, he's part of the FBI. Yeah. Crew. Uh, he has the mustache. William Forsyth. Forsyth. He, was, he was big. He's an American me. Yeah. He's big at this time. Um, he was in everything around then. How about John McGinley? John great C. Actor. McGinley, again. Great actor. Great. They, I mean, they called in the big guns for this movie. Had a big they, they, budget. They, get, they gave him yeah. huge budgets. Yeah. Because all of his movies that we've done, the casts are pretty absurd. Yeah, it's, it's pretty stunning. And these scripts are so terrible that you would, you would only take just, this for, for right, the paycheck. You'd they'd shave off a McGinley, put in just a generic actor, right. and gets, then hire a scriptwriter. They do, um, McGinley does get burned alive in this movie, though. So it's like you want like, kind of like a heavy dude. To yeah. play that. Uh, the, the point of this movie, and I'm sure you've seen it this and it's very. If I'm being honest, I double checked your work on John Spencer because I didn't believe it was possible. Yeah, he's born 1946, died 2005. <laughs> so when this movie when this movie came out, he would have been 50. He looked, and you and you were kind of sandbagging it because he looks 70. 
He looks like he should have retired from the FBI. I, I, I thought I was being a, like a really accurate there when I said 64. Yeah. No, he's old as fuck. Um, the point of the movie is there's, I mean, and it's very plausible. Um, Ed Harris is disillusioned with the fact that he's been doing all of these covert ops missions his whole his career. He's a general. They're, they're not getting enough funerals. Right. And, and the, his, his guys are dying overseas and they're getting marked in unmarked graves. And so he decides he's going to, he's going to steal a bunch of Tomahawk missiles that are like laden with like some kind of poison gas, which I'm pretty sure we don't do in this country. I mean, it's, it's a war crime, right? But you know, it's also a war crime tear gas and we're using a shitload of it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, if you got to walk from one place to the other to get your picture taken and it's a church and like the priests are there, you want the priests out of the way. You just fucking gas them. That's just, that's just, uh, PR 101, somebody in your way, you just gas them. Um, so he steals all these missiles. But first he's, it's, yeah, he's, but first he's got to like go apologize to the dead wife. So this is a very important part because he stands in the rain and he's at his wife's grave. And for some reason, his wife is buried in like really hard, too hard. And he's got no umbrella because he's hard ass. He's a bad motherfucker, you know, and Ed Harris, great actor. He's got those steel blue eyes. I mean, he's just, so good. He's a little guy, but he's just standing there in the rain. And I'm thinking, yeah, I know you're a general and stuff, but your whole, you're in your dress blues. Yeah. Probably. I don't think there's any shame in having an umbrella. No, you're that just, kind of, you're going to ruin your uniform. I don't open the umbrella when it's that mist. Cause it's just more annoying yeah. than anything. Well, it's coming in your face at that point, but this is hard. But when it drops, but when it's coming down in buckets, yeah. you, you get out the fucking umbrella. It's actually me. like dripping off his nose and stuff, but he's there and his wife's buried in like one of these military looking cemeteries where all the, all the um, headstones are lined up and they're all identical. And yeah, that's like Arlington type of look. Right. And on her headstone is just, you know, how people put something on there like loving father, you know, that put stuff on there. Her headstone was inscribed with two words besides her name. War criminal. His wife. Oh my, What? That's what they she had what, no identity. No, it said, I think Hummel? it said her name. It said her name and the dates she was alive. But above her name, the inscription what? where you would put like your your favorite Walt Whitman quote. Hers said exactly two words. His, His wife. wife. That's that's unfortunate. What an identity. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. You what? That's what you want people to His know wife. about you. Anyway. His wife. That's Jetson. That's uh, Jane Jetson. Yeah. His wife croaked. We're not sure how, but he goes and he's like, I'm sorry about what I'm going to do, but I got to do it. Blah, blah, blah. And then he goes and he makes this speech to his guys. And this is why you take a movie like this where he's like, oh, they go and they do. They very easily steal all these missiles from a base where they, um, they storm the base. They zip line they murder, in. They murder yeah. everyone. Yeah, they murder. And then they accidentally like burn alive one of their own guys with gas. And of course, Oof. the door has one of those little windows in it. So you can see like his skin melting off and stuff. But they're just zip lining in. And I'm I'm wondering like, you know, it's got like one of those guard towers, like all bases, like since, yes. the, since the Civil War, since the, the forts back in the day. <laughs> The, yeah. It's got one of those guard towers and they, they're able to just like zip line through the window. And I'm wondering, like, 
how'd you attach that thing? Like you had to get it over to one side. Did nobody notice you like hooking it up so that you could uh, slide down from wherever you started and through the window? Uh, But yeah, they just, they just murk all sorts of guys that are in the same military as them. Well, I can understand that's how it gets one guy through the front entrance. Sure. But yeah, the zipline guys, they haven't been vetted. No. Right. (laughs) There would, you, if you have a guard tower, you're presumably guarding something. Right. And especially if you have these gas bomb missiles there. You figure, you know, you would keep those under lock and key, but they're very easily able to steal them. And then just as easily, they're able to take them all over to Alcatraz (laughs) for some reason, which is the prison island. There's a lot of eyes on San Francisco and nearby. People would be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Where are you going? Yeah. They just, they just. And then there's a tour there. And then like on the tour, they're like, Hey, so this, the the attack happened at night. Right. And then it's the the next day, the next day. So nobody's on high alert. They're not wondering what happened to the guy, the the famous general who checked in and everybody got murdered. Nobody's, nobody's observing him. He was still able to get on a ferry and join the tour. That's a little weird. I agree with you there. I agree. And so then, the people on the tour, they're like, hey, why don't you all go in at the same time and check out like individual cells here on Alcatraz? Like this could be this could be the one Telly Savalas was in. This could be the one Remo Williams was in. Like go on in there and like check it out. And then they all go in at the same time, the whole tour. And then somebody on his team like closes the, the gates, the doors. Yeah, I did that tour like 20 years ago. They didn't do that. Now, I feel like there'd be a fail safe for there for that. I feel like there is a way that they know that you cannot be locked inside a cell at Alcatraz on the tour. I just there has to be something. I, I don't think they're where, functional. Uh, here's where Capone got that syphilis. Right. Exactly. And later we learn very easy to get out if you know how to rip up some sheets and make a monkey fist out of them. Like. <laughs> Just need to know where the pipes are. How did those, it must've been when Clint Eastwood and Savalas and Remo Williams and that other guy escaped. Birdman. Yeah. They had to go down through the, uh, they had to, they had to cut out the, um, like chisel around the little, um, what do you call it? The ducting, the vent. And then they had to make a fake vent. And I noticed in this movie, the vent looks exactly the same period. Correct. They shot this at Alcatraz, which is kind of cool. But again, it is, it, it is pretty cool. They, why didn't they learn the Connery method of you just fling a thing over there and pull the lever and it opens all the doors. Seems right. like a much easier way to escape. I feel like when we were kids, tying sheets together was a big thing. Yeah. And yeah. They've scrapped that in recent years. Nobody ties sheets. It's kind of like quicksand. Yep. Quicksand, uh, boat races, study montages, hypnosis. Yeah, mm-hmm. the hypnosis that just continues. We're, yeah, we're just we're gonna get this guy to kill the. This is like Naked Gun when they get Reggie Reggie Jackson to kill the Queen. It hypnotizes ass. Of course, you know amnesia. Amnesia happen all the time. Yeah, I don't even think there's really such thing as amnesia. I think you like can have saying. temporary. Like, yeah, yep. you don't remember this the few seconds before a car accident, right. but. 
Yeah. You don't have that situation like Philip Drummond not knowing he, he had kids. Right. That's a really good point. Exactly. Um, so, and then Nick Cage is there. Nick Cage, he's like in the FBI, but he's like a nerd. He's like a but chemical he's a, guy. He's a, he's a poison gas guy yep. that also know chemical weapons expert, but he knows how to defuse bombs. And he, he gets, he's a Beatle maniac and orders records to his workplace. Yeah. Why yeah. would he order it to his work? I get it. Some people well, are collectors. I, I can understand. Yes. Some people are collectors that maybe he's way into the Beatles. Fine. But why would you order it to so work? I'm going to tell you right now, because I order shit. I get almost all my Amazon packages mm. delivered to my office and other because things. Because it gets stolen? No. Because once in a while, something you order needs to be signed for. Mm. And there's no one there. There's no one at home to sign for it. So it's just easier if you have all of the things delivered to where there's going to be somebody to sign. And that's, you're getting a $600 Beatles record. That's probably a signed for item. It's like getting a diamond ring delivered. You know, they don't just leave that because you could say you never got it. I think I have the album he ordered because my dad, I took my dad's old record collection. Oh, really? I think I have it. Oh, yeah. It could be worth some money. Hold on to that. Um, so what? Oh. So they, they need to get into Alcatraz. They need, they need Nick Cage to defuse the missiles and they, they don't know how to get in. And there's only one guy that's ever escaped. And it's, uh, it's Sean Connery who was like in the SAS or something like he's British, but he was like, I thought he was IRA. Oh, that could be it. I thought they were saying he was a terrorist. Oh, the, the timelines, the timelines were, I mean, so he escaped for one night yes. enough to get somebody pregnant. Right. There were a lot of, but I think they were implying he was like IRA. He impregnated, um, some, Forlan, some Forlan. chick. Yeah. With Brandy's venting from Mulrats. It's his, his, yeah. his biological daughter is the chick from Mulrats. Um, yeah. So they need him to break in and he immediately starts pulling some shenanigans. We, things I like in movies are when like all these federal agents are real dumb. So he orders a bunch of, um, he orders a bunch of room service and it gets delivered and all the, all the FBI guys are just eating it while he gets a haircut from comedian Anthony Clark doing an over the top gay guy impression. Oh, yeah. And th this, you know, was a Michael Bay touch. Couldn't like, do that. You know yeah. what? Yeah. Last movie yeah. or whatever movie we, we fucked with Greenpeace today. We're going to fuck with gay guys. Yeah. Like, it was just the most like really even in 1996 portrayal of a gay man. You're like, this is this is not good. It was super gay and embarrassing. But then he's able to he takes the um, the shower um, clothesline, you know, one of those retractable clotheslines from the shower. And I do recall seeing those in hotels. I do, too. Yeah. Which is a weird like how much yeah, laundry are you doing? Yeah, they're hanging laundry. Yeah, and if you're and this is like the the Pan Pacific Hotel or something like it's a high end. Oh, it was a very nice hotel. Yeah. So what? Like, if you're staying in that hotel, do you have do you have a washboard and you're just doing laundry in the sink? No, you send it out and they bring it back pressed. Very weird. But he uses that to to uh, almost kill Joe Womack. 
by throwing him over the side of the hotel with a thing tied around his wrist. Uh, I feel like that's a that's a high risk, low reward proposition. He ties yeah. a thing around his wrist that's just like a piece of rope and then flings him over the side. His his wrist could have the, the skin well, from his hand could have easily off. degloved and he would have just he would have just fallen to his death. Uh, but he does. He wasn't yeah. really an important figure. No, like, no. I mean, he was important in like the structure, but for the rest of the movie, he could have died there and nothing really would have changed. No, it wouldn't have mattered. And then all the FBI guys go to save Womack and they leave the nerd pencil pusher, the 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 chemical weapons guy, Nick Cage, to chase down this international terrorist guy. And he just earlier asked, hey, can I have a gun? I haven't like and they're like, do you even know how to shoot a gun? And he's like, well, it's been a while, but, you know, just give me a gun. So he chases him down and eventually he's able to like smooth talk. He like doesn't embarrass him in front of his kid, Brandy's venting from Mallrats. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, he's actually working with us. He's got to go, even though he had escaped. You know, it was, a, it was a weird turn of events. And then he's just like back to working with them. No big deal. They, there was yeah. a, there was a lot of scuba happening. I don't feel like these guys. Nicholas Cage definitely did not have the training to be doing night scuba with Navy they SEALs. Even sure if they would give him a gun and then yeah. he's on a scuba. Yeah, it it, it was weird. The, the they also had the the giant um, destroy everything in San Francisco and they fuck up the cable car. Yeah, and. They the, fuck oh, up yes, the cable car. Yes, this is a good point you're about to make. No, I don't know. I'll let you finish. Because I was just going to say that's the best cable car scene since Brandon Walsh ran into Emily oh. Valentine. <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that there was a San Francisco tie into Beverly Hills 90210. When, when, after she left the show, yeah. he went for a weekend on his own and to, to ride cable cars. Oh, what a fun. What a nothing. What a word that I can't say. <laughs> and he, he, ran, he ran into Emily Valentine. He's like, oh, let's rekindle our love. Um, what I was going to say is that Nick Cage upends the cable car. Right. With a, with a Ferrari, the stolen Ferrari. And then the cable car is like turned over and it's just like a big mess. And the cable car driver gets out and he's like, Irate. And he's wearing all these pins. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like a veteran I, guy. I can't believe you did this to my cable car. You're going to pay. You're going to pay for what you did. You don't own it. You don't own that, dude. You're just, you probably and don't even drive the same one every day. And he stayed with the ship. I mean, he yes. could have left. He's lucky to be alive. It was supposed to get crashed. Like everybody left except for this guy. Yeah. Like he's the captain of the Titanic. He's going down with it. What What was the sentimental value of that cable car, dude? Go get your new one. Yeah. Don't even worry it was, about it. And by the way, the, that cable car would have fucked up the Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Those things weigh tons. Yeah. <laughs> tons. There, there's no way it would have flipped the uh, cable car. Yeah. Um, so they get also one last point before we get to the island. Yeah. Why did Sean Connery bother wearing a hairpiece in this movie? Well, it's pretty interesting, but a lot of hair issues. He, he, the thing with, with him, I remember reading, he only, he didn't wear a hairpiece for Dr. No. Right. And then the rest of his time as Bond, as Bond, he wore a hairpiece because Bond had to have hair, but like, he was bald 
from 1962 on. Yeah, he like when he's Indiana Jones's dad. He's just bald. He's just bald. And in his he would go through life as being bald. So it wasn't like why would they call for him to be bald? Like him being bald. He's supposed to be an old guy. No, this is a bay thing. This is a bay thing because bay wants to him to seem badass. And so bay thinks he needs hair. Meanwhile, Nick Cage has early stage plugs in this movie. Oh, yeah. Before they'd really perfect deliberate. Yeah. Deliberate. He's got the island. And then throughout the movie, he's just got like one piece that hangs like in his face from the island green of plugs in the front of his head. And he constantly is like pushing it out of his eyes. And then sometimes it'll just be hanging down his face. It's very distracting. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So they scuba in and then Michael Bean immediately gets the entire seal team murdered by Ed Harris. And Ed Harris is like, don't, no, don't. Cease fire. Stop. Don't shoot all these seals. Meanwhile, they just murdered an entire Marine base. Why would they care any more about these guys that are right. clearly there to kill them? I would, I would say they at least killed three dozen people they, already. Yeah, they killed them all. And then, you know, and it's because Be- Bean loses it like he does in the abyss, like he does in every movie except for. And I can't believe I forgot this one when he's Johnny Ringo in Tombstone. When um, he ends up dueling. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I, I wrote a note here. Between this and Armageddon, Michael Bay movies are so bloated with time. I was, they could they could they could save fifty million bucks, but on top of that, they get to Alcatraz at the fifty three minute mark. And I I had forgotten, and thanks for causing me the PTSD of this. The whole time I was watching this movie, which was last night. I was so fucking mad at you because this piece of shit is two hours and 16 minutes long. It's fucking long. All these movies are long. Last time you made me watch Armageddon, that was very long and also more unenjoyable than The Rock. The Rock is pretty bad. But I think it's The Rock okay. is, it's okay. is bad, but fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but it's uh, but uh, way too long. It's too long. 53 minutes. The yeah. whole thing in San Francisco. He wanted to blow up the cable car and yeah. this and that. They didn't need any of that. Now, get, you, you get us to the island in the first 15 minutes. You do There's the whole action st- yeah. on the island. Yeah. There's get to plenty the of action on the island. What's the point of all of that? So they send in the seals. They all get murdered. And so it's just down to. Um, and really, I mean, the seals are such. What, the way they took down Bin Laden, they're such a talented group. Right. And it was, hey, let's let's see if we can all come out of this one prairie dog hole and see how it works. I'd be pretty embarrassed if I were a SEAL or I'd be annoyed if I was a SEAL. So they yeah. all get murdered. But luckily, after that, Nick Cage and a 70-year-old Sean Connery, they suddenly become – Navy SEALs themselves for the rest of the movie because they're like leaping out of shit, like shooting sideways, like cutting guys throats. Like somehow this nerd and this guy, this old man that's been incarcerated for 50 years are just like good to go. And they're like the perfect weapon killing every special forces guy they run into. Conversely, do you think it's just that Ed Harris recruited complete trash well, no, these guys were all top. They're supposed to be top guys. No, no, no. But they proved to be horrible 
because they're getting smoked by a guy in his late sixties and a scientist. That's, that's true. We neglected to mention, like we mentioned David Morse. Um, uh, there's also David Silver's uh, psych ward doctor, the black guy that was all bloodthirsty. Yeah, that's that's Candyman. Oh yeah, the Candyman. The Candyman is one of the soldiers. Yeah, dude. That dude is a full-on psychopath. Yes, he of course didn't he really have. He didn't have any agenda except he he wanted to see seventy thousand San Franciscans right. dead. Tony Todd. And again, this is a very Michael Bay move. Yes, let's take a city like San Francisco. We already fucked up Paris and right. the other movie. Right. Let's let's just let's wipe out San Francisco. That is a Michael Bay playbook movie. I just hit. I just went on this guy Tony Todd, the Candyman's uh, IMDb. And he works so much that I've done three full scrolls and I'm nowhere near the candy. I'm only down to 2006. I'm nowhere near the candy man at this point. I mean, he was how on, about the pipes on that dude? He was the on deepest voice ever. Deepest. He was on cop rock. Oh, here he is. 1992 candy man. <laughs> <laughs> how about nine or two and oh, uh, you know, you've got a you've got a nice young lady out there waiting for you. He's talking about Donna. That's when like they rekindled their love. I believe you're talking about his turn in 1996, the same year that The Rock came out as Dr. Julius Tate on Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> David had a break. Yeah. He blew off going to visit his grandfather. Yep. And his grandfather oh died. Yeah. And then he he melted down and started cutting himself and raging. Cutter. They, they did they did a whole fifty one fifty on him and he's all strapped down and Donna's like, I just I'm just gonna stay the night. And then this guy came out. Yeah. It was pretty pretty he, great. Candyman did at least three candymans. There's been there was a candyman plus two more candyman candy men sequels. Um we sh- you, now that you brought up David Silver, we should mention that since we discussed David oh. Silver a couple weeks ago, we've learned he's going, he's going through a divorce with uh, Megan Fox, who's yeah. taken up with some rapper called that my kids hate called Machine Gun Kelly. Right. Yeah. I've heard of. Yeah, of, I, wouldn't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I he know. I think he beefed. I think he tried to like start a beef with Eminem. Right. Which you don't, you know, you know, like that's pretty, there wouldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't be a white rapper right now if there wasn't an Eminem before you. So you should like, you know, like I'm not an Eminem fan like Ed Daly, but I, I can't admit that there wouldn't be a machine gun Kelly if Eminem hadn't come first. Um, And at this point, so uh, they had, he had spoken, Ed Harris had spoken with the government and talked about his plans yeah. and his threats. Yes. I never quite understood why they didn't evacuate the city. That's it. Well, there's a couple of things there. His plan was send a hundred million dollars to this one account that I have, and then you can have the missiles back. And then we're going to get on a boat to a <laughs> non extradition country. I don't even think that exists. And then we're all going to have a million dollars each, which is like not enough. Non-extradition countries kind of were the quicksand. Yes. It doesn't really. Because there there were lots of them back in the day, even in Die Hard. I think this. Yes. But I I would say um, the the only thing that they threatened were like, or the, the government officials are like, yeah, but it'll be chaos. But 
you could still say you need to leave. Right. And also like once, so Ed Harris and the guys, Candyman, Bokeem Woodbine, David Morse, John C. McGinley. Um, also the guy, there's another guy on there. That's like a fresh faced kind of like handsome guy. Oh, the handsome, the, well, no, no, no. He was actually one of the good guys that got, I think the guy who like fell down the, the, uh, the oh, whole, yeah. yeah. Yes. He was from Crimson Tide. He was, he worked a lot too. The kid that was like, he's like, I'm, I'm 17, but I'm already a Navy SEAL. Yes. Yeah. Um, so all those guys, they, they murk the entire SEAL team six. And then, so it's just, it's just Nick Cage and, and James and Bond his, there. And his super white teeth. Just, another, another Michael Bay special. Yeah. Just an idea. Just maybe throwing this out there. Just maybe call up SEAL Team 5. See what they're doing. Like we lost SEAL Team 6, but like. We could lose a, an entire major city. So maybe right. we we send in more troops. Guys, what's SEAL Team 4 doing right now? They're probably just right down there in San Diego. Let's get them on up here. They're probably chomping at the bit. We've learned from our mistakes. We're not going to have Michael Bean leading this SEAL Team since he got murdered by Ed Harris and the guys we're going to go at this one a little different. Plus they're going to be so busy with Nick cage. Also what's Nick cage's name in this movie. Cause it's fucking Stan- ridiculous. Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Horrible. That's, that's not even something like when a eight year old is coming up with his story. That's, that's not even something a dumb kid would come up no, with. And Ed Harris is f- General Francis X Hummel, like these names just sound ridiculous. It's they sound like they're ridiculous on purpose. Um, so they, so eventually, um, Nick Cage and oh, so at one point they kill a guy, and then despite everything that's already happened, uh, Sean Connery's like, actually, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> Which he's is the like, most realistic moment of the movie. Yeah, he's just like leaves in the middle. He's like, nah, fuck the this. most realistic part. Yeah. Why would he care that much? And, and the, they tried to build it up that he really cared yeah. about his daughter from a one night stand in 1968. Yeah. He wouldn't care. He'd be out of there. And also the whole the only thing he lent to the mission is that he knew how to double dutch through that one gear that swung around by the fire to roll into Alcatraz. I feel like the seals with all their training, despite following Michael Bean into an obvious booby trap or, uh, what do you call that when like all ambush? Yeah. They would have easily been able to figure out how to double Dutch under that one gear that kept swinging around. I don't even feel like they needed Sean Connery for that. Right. But alas, he and Nick Cage are the last ones there. And then they go around the, the missiles. But first, yeah. But Ed Harris first yep. fires a shot that like. Oh, right. Off. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to murder um, Candlestick Park. And he launches it over there. And then at the last second, it like turns as if he has the ability to do that. And then the rest of his guys on his team are like, hey, you fucking pussy. Yeah, Candyman is really pissed. Candyman's pissed. Greg, the other guy's how, super how annoyed. The, guy the, butt part. the guy with the butt part. He's. Yeah. He, I, I, he's been in stuff. I don't know 
I feel like he might have been one of uh, the uh, Boogie Nights rapists, but the guy who has like the butt part with his hair. Yeah, you're talking about Captain. Um, what's his name? Hold on, I just had yeah, Captain Fry, Greg Sporletter. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a made-up name. That's his real name. That's what it says here. He's done a lot of. Well, he was. You know what he was in. I was watching this movie with a friend of mine and they pointed out that he was the, um, he was the guy getting a burger with Christian Slater in true romance while Tony Soprano is oh, yeah. torturing. What's her name? Um, Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Um, was he in Bo- Boogie but- Nights would have been right around this time. No, no, no. You know, I'm confusing him with another guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other guy was from Can't Hardly Wait, but we'll just pass that off. Um, but, you know, when that errant missile yeah. gets sent into the bay instead, yeah, think of what the chemical weapons would do to all the fish in the area. Like, well, it's not a happy ending there. Well, hold on. Because that bay teeming with white sharks, Ed. Okay. Might have been, might have been good for the pre 9/11 yeah they got them angry though shark that's attacks. they started that's why they started attacking be, because be. they're like they got pissed. 5 years ago yes. 5 years ago they fucked up our territory so we're going to start eating people yeah if we can't get that guy condit who's doesn't come anywhere near the ocean we're just going to start getting randos um so they they go around and i need we need to talk about the missile technology that we have as a country because somehow inside we put these um these slime balls inside of missiles and it's like a bunch of like loose little balls of like day glow material and i just feel like it's a recipe for disaster so that yeah, can't be the best way to do it. Right. Those are weird. They, they're kind of like anal beads yes. full of chemical weapons. But what's his name? He's able to defuse them all. He, they learn where all the missiles are except one. He has to ask Ed Harris at the, as Ed Harris is dying. Spoiler alert. Ed Harris gets it in a gunfight. Right. Uh, when he, he, I mean, the whole thing is he's like, all right, they called my bluff. I'm not going to kill people. You've killed so many innocent people at this point. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he just quits. They're like, he's like, sorry guys. They said they're not going to wire the money. So anyway, you guys should get out of here. And they're like, what? And he's like, just leave. I'll take the rap. No big deal. (laughs) And they're like, wait, no, we did this for a million dollars. Also not enough. Not, I mean, in the mid nineties, that was already, it's one thing to ask for a million dollars in 1930. Right. I mean, it's would probably go a long way in Bolivia or but it had to, had Belize. To be spread of, I mean, yeah, there's no way. No. Um, had to last you the I rest of your life like, and you couldn't invest it. And then the other situation is they have the president is weighing what they're supposed to do. Risk having San Francisco wiped out or killing those 81 hostages. And also, can you imagine Donnie with that decision? No, of course not. It's 81. They'd be dead. They'd all be dead. Yeah. (laughs) Also the president works from like the Lincoln bedroom. Yeah. Wouldn't he he be in the situation room or at the very least the oval office? What? 
it was daytime when there was this was going on. Yeah, it's daytime and he's just off like in a wing of the White House. That's not how government works. That's 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 not where the actual working takes place. They go over to the situation room. Everybody knows right. that. And the missiles have chips in them. Right. That's all you need is the chip. You smash the chip. And so that was the other thing. The guy with the, the butt part. Yeah, he was chasing after he was fighting for the, the chip. Do you think he knew what to do with no, the chip? Even no, if he got of course it, not. once it was <laughs> not once it was taken apart. He you, wouldn't know what to do. You were fucked. There's nothing you could do. Um, but eventually they get all right. Like they get yeah. all the chips and then, um, there was something, Oh, they, so they send the president calls in the F 16s. And then like within like, again, this is a little weird. This is, I'm not like a military expert, obviously, but they come in, they got to fly in real close with fighters. Right. And then, it, but they don't shoot missiles into into Alcatraz, which is what I would think they would do. And, but also that would blow up all the poison gas, right? Like yes. you'd still get a, a gas swath that would take out quite a few people in the, in the yay area. Yeah. But they instead drop a bomb. You don't have to get yeah. up close to drop a bomb. You go way up high to do that. They have the technology to be way up high. Yeah. You go way up high. You could do one of those. I, I wouldn't suggest it, but potentially you could do one of those bombs that we saw an outbreak that came down on with a parachute for some reason. <laughs> parachute, the slow motion. Yes, yeah, it came down nice and slow, which is exactly <laughs> what you you want a bomb to just set down nice and easy on the ground. You don't want it to land real hard because it'll blow up. <laughs> um, but they drop the bomb and they're like, and the F-16 pilot's like, don't worry, I dropped the bo- bomb like on the other side the or back, something, the back side yeah, of the well, Island. Yeah. The Island is like a quarter mile. Tiny. Yes. Tiny. Like it's what, and also like how shitty are you at dropping bombs? This is like the U S Navy. Right. You're supposed they, to be the best in the world. They got the best scientists. You have to think, think they were calling in the best bombers. Yeah, exactly. And so then, and then Nick cage somehow dives off the Island and lands in the water. He's like, he's like on the building and then he land, dives off and he lands in water and and Sean Connery dives in after him and like kind of saves nope. him. I, if no, he, no, and also you wouldn't land in water. Like him. No, but he doesn't even like no, him. No. He would let him die. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, he's like, okay, you want to get out of here? He's like, go to my room in the Pan Pacific Hotel. And there's a change of clothes and $200 in the Bible. <laughs> You don't got a wallet? <laughs> Who puts and money in the Bible? The Gideons? You would think you would think this was like a day or two earlier. The hotel wouldn't be empty. No. They're, You'd be like, aren't, aren't you the guy that threw the guy off the balcony? Right. I mean, somebody would somebody would notice him. Also, he, how about this? Here's my room key. I got Head on up to room 226, whatever it was. Like, how is he getting in? Why did he put the money in the Bible? Who knows? It's insane. And how, do they wear the same size? Yeah. Like, I, like I'm a 34. My man, Nick Cage, he's pretty slim. I could see him being like a 31. <laughs> I couldn't wear his pants if he sent me off to get 
to grab his suit out of the and also two hundred dollars. Yeah, Connery's, Connery's Connery's much bigger than yeah, Cage. he's much bigger. And also, even in nineteen ninety six dollars, I mean two hundred is not getting you a plane ticket. Maybe you getting I, on a bus. I mean, again, Claire Forlani probably thought she was going to have a much bigger role. Brandy's Venning? Yes, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's and then, it. Oh. and then in exchange, he yeah. tells him to go to like a church in Kansas. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, because all so clearly they were setting up to make a uh, a sequel, and I'm not sure. I mean, maybe because Nick Cage became too big of a star. Right. They made enough money. Yeah, it, it was a huge hit. And then it clearly sets up where because um, because Sean Connery knows all the secrets to who killed Kennedy. Spoiler why alert. Would, it was Lee Harvey would, Oswald, by the way. Just yeah, so why you know. would an IRA guy know the secrets? I don't know, but that's why he was locked up pre Patriot Act with no trial, because apparently and, you could do that. And the 90s were obsessed. With, nobody really cares about it. Kennedy assassination. Now, what was the other, the moon la- or not the moon landing, the um, area 51. Right. Fuck out of here with that. Um, so they might, he must've been become too big of a star. Some, you want some trivia from sure. IMDB? Sure. This is insane. Sean Connery. So I read here that the studio was like, okay, we'll just build sets and then we'll do a couple exteriors in San Francisco and we'll be good. And Michael Bay is like, fuck no. I do a lot of cocaine. Pay attention. We're shooting this movie on Alcatraz. And they're like, what? Okay. I guess Sean Connery's like, I'm not, if we're shooting on Alcatraz, I don't want to go back and forth between a lush plush San Francisco hotel which is 10 minutes away by boat or right. probably helicopter. They, he forced them to build him a cabin. What? On Alcatraz that he could live in. Which would have fucked up all the exterior shots. I guess. Well, it was probably wasn't that big. I don't, they, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe they CGI'd it out. Um, the script was written much more straight and serious than the final movie. Most of the humorous moments and lines were improvised during filming. Apparently speaking of cocaine, Nick cage was just going nuts and he's like, I'll just wing it. I'll just. And so that, that very um, brilliant eat that you fuck. And he says at the, at the ultimate moment at the, at the climax of the movie, it's, it just came off the top of his head. And there was something about like a giraffe's butthole or something at some point. He just made that up. Oh, yeah. Much of Nicolas Cage's dialogue was ad-libbed, including the Zeus butthole line, which Michael Bay wanted to cut. But Cage insisted on having. See, Cage is becoming a big star here. And he's like, he's swinging his dick around a little bit. It was Nicolas Cage's idea that his character would not swear. His euphemisms included G whiz. That's always a real bummer when uh, people talk like the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. This is Michael Bay's favorite movie of his own. Oh my God. Here's another one, Ed. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino was an uncredited screenwriter on this movie, along with Jonathan Hensley, who wrote the shooting script and my, all-time least favorite writer, Aaron Sorkin. I didn't get anybody making like a long 
um, mon- uh, like a 10 minute monologue about Ed how Harris, they were going to save the world. Ed oh, he Harris did have a long at one. Some point, yeah. At some point did some heavy exposition. So that I'm guessing Sorkin was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. The worst Sorkin. I, it, I don't know if we ever talked about this, that Molly's game. It's horrible. There's it's, so much chatter. He, he directed that one. And there's also a, there's also a cloying narration throughout. That's all his horrible uh, dialogue. It's an awful movie. Um, bad, right? Producer Don Simpson was largely responsible for creating the critical general Hummel character. Simpson watched a 60 minutes, blah, blah, blah. I thought this was going to talk about him dying. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that guy did all the drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was, it was like a cocaine, there was like a cocaine heart attack or something. Uh, This is funny. According to William Forsyth, when he was three weeks into shooting the movie and they were about to shift locations for filming, Forsyth was mistaken for an extra. When he was getting a hot dog from the set's catering, Forsyth said the employee told him that extras weren't allowed food from craft services. (laughs) And she summoned security, who subsequently said that he was part of the main cast Forsyth said, and I quote, I ate my hot dog, but I'm thinking two things. The fact that after three weeks on the movie, I was being forbade a hot dog. (laughs) And I don't know what the hell they've got for the extras today. Trail mix, maybe. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Think of the budgets on these movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Michael Bean has played Navy SEALs or some variation thereof on multiple occasions. Apparently, he grew unsure of himself while acting for the first time here against real Navy SEALs. So they must have used real Navy SEALs for his team, which is always an interesting choice. Uh, he, He told Michael Bay he was freezing up, pretending to be the leader in front of them, as well as in Sir Sean Connery's presence. Who wouldn't? Oh, whoa, hold on. Arnold Schwarzenegger was offered the role of John Patrick Mason, but at the time the script was only 80 pages with a lot of handwriting and scribbles. Oh, and he's like, I'm a stickler to hardcore <laughs> scripts. Yes. What? And it didn't seem fully baked. This is implausible. Uh, I'm going to go back to the set of twins. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Michael Bay's idea for a sequel involves a now married Goodspeed in possession of the microfilm evidence who finds himself pursued by the government and with nowhere else to turn, he's forced to ask Mason for help. Let's shoot it. Oh, here we go. Don Simpson died during production and they tried at first to keep the news from Michael Bay until he finished the day's filming. Nicholas Cage accidentally broke the news to him. Hey, Michael, did you hear about your friend, Don? Coked out last night. I feel like these two guys are don't like each other. I'm just getting that vibe. Don, Don got into the booger sugar. <laughs> this movie marks the third time that Michael Bean has played a Navy SEAL. The first was in The Abyss. If you have not seen The Abyss, it is a masterpiece of sci-fi. Just a brilliant, brilliant movie. Uh, and the second was in Navy SEALs. He also played a colonial Marine corporal in Aliens. Oh, we know. Um, so this movie costs like what to make? I think like 75 million, which is, uh, a pretty big budget for 1996. Yeah. 75 million budget, uh, worldwide gross ed. Uh, I'm going to say 
150. $335 million. Massive, massive hit. I think I recall seeing this in the theater back then. Um, Big movie. It's not, I would not recommend it. It's too long. It's got some moments in it that are kind of good, but it's, it could have been condensed quite a bit. The, uh, there's some good characters, but other than that, it's not, not one of my favorites that we've done. Uh, Ed Daly, anything to add? No. Yeah. It was a, it was a pretty bad movie. I just remember it being kind of a crazy Michael Bay movie. I think we're probably done with Bay movies. I would say so. Um, it's pretty like, Cage is pretty impressive in it because he's such a maniac. This is, he's, it's not quite as good as his Con Air performance or, or but, face off, but he was just but becoming that guy. He's more believable here. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He's not as over the top in this mo- one, in this movie as Daniel, Daniel Goodspeed. Uh, toe Cutters question. What oh, do you got? Oh, oh. Are you saying, are you asking me who the loudest comer is in this movie? Yes. Well, it's easy to say Dr. Stanley Goodspeed because he does do a lot of yelling and he acts insane quite a bit. He's very over the top throughout, but I'm going to go with Candyman, Captain Darrow, Tony Todd. He's a, he's a maniac. He's a big dude in general. Like he's taking, I'm taking David Silver's psych ward doc. Yeah. You can, you can have him. We can both take the same guy. He's definitely the loudest. Yeah, he seems like he'd be a loudcomer. Uh, pretty much any of the guys on the, other than David Morse and Ed Harris, pretty much any of the bad guys in this movie seem like extremely loudcomers. They're all over the top. They're very much annoyed that they're not going to get their million dollars at some point. They they quickly yeah, mutiny. Be a loudcomer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let us know what you think. Send us an email, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. You can call us 949-464-TBLS. Let's chat. Tell us what you think about The Rock. For Ed Daly, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 323 of the Baller Lifestyle podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Hell yes, the lifestyle's baller Podcast getting bigger and not smaller Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stu And Brian Beckner, quick to dissect The week in sports and culture and whatever Talking loud, comers, conundrums, my brothers Reviewing some movies and shows and others Top podcast, man, no one is above us Five star, even the haters will love us And we're not trying to talk politics a lot We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is so flawless TBLS, the lifestyle's baller Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is for all us TBLS, the lifestyle's baller